program, Austin Matthews. The belly box, Nylander gets an extra ship. William Nylander sits. He scores! The coach played a hot shot. The kid has his first National Hockey League goal. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Toronto Maple Police Podcast, brought to you by tipofthetower.com. Joining me, as always, is Jake Middleton and Dave Morissuti. Guys, um, I don't know how your brackets are doing. I know it's all the rage right now, aside from that and the Leafs fishing trip. But uh, who's worse, actually? The guy that always talks about his fancy team or bracket guy? Bracket guy. Uh, bracket guy's only here for a week, though. Yeah, he's only there. No, he's there for a while more. But well, that week is extremely annoying. Well, everybody's a college basketball expert. Exactly. <laughs> Paul people... beats a five every time. <laughs> no. Those guys. When I had or to sixteens be- never beat a one. Or, or the the guys that are like, this guy's a really good player. Like, what's his name? No, the <laughs> crickets on that. Crickets right? on. No. Uh, I honestly, I think I know four guys in this whole tournament. Yeah, I mean, I just That's know. Okay, right? I just know exactly. that. Guy. I don't know one yeah. player on the Arizona team, and I picked them to win the whole thing. Don't know one. I like your odds behind that now. There you go. <laughs> Logic's very sound. <laughs> winning. But my favorite is how everybody thinks they can get a perfect bracket, too. It's like oh. one in a quintillion odds. I believe they said uh, if you if you took, if you filled out one bracket every second, it would take you 85 billion years to fill out as many brackets as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. I heard something similar to that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Get started right, guys, now, Chris. Enough bracket talk. Uh, Leafs, big win tonight. 5 nothing over the Lightning. Obviously coming off the Florida game where everybody was ripping them about going fishing and having two days off and is this team really serious about making the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Huge win tonight. Thoughts on the game, guys? They needed that game. I mean, that, yeah, was... that was... That was so necessary. I mean, I know, I know, like... It, it's tough right now because everyone... It's tough when you're doing the whole, uh, you know, watching the playoff picture and just the standings. But if you lose this game to Tampa, you're you're losing distance, and then you're not getting ground on other guys like Boston, who's laying a big egg in Edmonton tonight. Like th- this is the type of game you need to win and you need to kind of show that you're not going to just prey off the weaker teams like Detroit and Carolina and Philly. Like you, you're supposed to beat them. It's the teams that are above you are you're fighting with those are the teams you have to beat to show that you're going to be competitive enough to make the playoffs or go to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look at them. They're, they've been purging on the weak teams like you were saying earlier. They got uh, four wins in their last five games against teams like Carolina, Detroit. All the teams are supposed to beat. So obviously beating Tampa Bay is massive. Yeah. What do you guys make about this fishing fiasco? Is it even worth talking about? No. No. Like – they, they, you're, you're talking about how much game, how many, how many games they're playing, like their schedule being so compact. You'd want them to go fishing, actually. As Patrick, o, uh, as Ray Farrell and Patrick O'Sullivan said, there are worse things they can do than go fishing. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. how I feel too. So let's just say at least they went fishing and and that's all they did. Well, Matt Martin joked around after the game tonight. He goes, uh, next time we come to Florida, no fishing, just pregame golfing. That's it, only golfing. So they were all kind of poking fun at it, which was kind of funny to listen to. Um, Tyler Bozak, 500th career game tonight. Obviously not too bad for a guy who's an undrafted NCAA rookie way back when. 
where do you guys see his future for this team? Uh, unless he's going to take a pay cut in his next contract, I don't see him with the team. I mean, his he he hasn't been doing he hasn't been too bad in terms of the injuries this season, but you know he's always had those those run-ins with injuries, and he's not. Well, obviously, we've always had the debate. He's not a number one center. Number two is is kind of pushing it. He's a he is a number three center, and you can't you can't pay him what he probably would get on the on the free agent market. Like he he probably realized that the first time around with free agency, but I think this time around, a team is going to overpay him, and I don't think the Leafs should do it. So you kind of hope that another guy is able to step in at some point or they're able to add. And I mean, Nylander is the obvious replacement if Bozak were to leave. So I think that's, that's the plan. And then you hope Kadri just takes care more of the defensive side of the game. And, you know, Matthews becomes a more complete player and you're able to kind of let Bozak go and maybe trade him, try to get some value back. Or do you just let him walk? I think that's the question this offseason that everybody's going to be trying to figure out, especially with him and JVR. Do you trade him? Do you kind of wait? Like, what do you do here? By the sounds of it, Bozak's really kind of taking on this whole dad role, him and Matt Martin with the kids. And he seems to be really enjoying it. And I know he's a first-time father off the ice. He's 30 years old. He's about to enter the twilight of his career. Maybe he would sign here on a cheap deal? It has to be cheap. Like, I'm not paying him. I mean, he's getting just over four right now. I'm not going more than three and a half on him, and that's yeah. I'd be good with that, even short term, like a two year deal max. I, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back on a short term, but you can't, you can't bring him back long term. You, you're hoping that you have better options and younger guys that are gonna. He hasn't been terrible offensively, but there's better guys I think that could be like a guy like a Adam Brooks, Nylander that will be better centers offensively and provide you a little more of a boost than Bozak. But Bozak, yeah, he's he's been good for Marner. Uh he's kept when he's been on that line, they've been good. I mean, Marner has driven that line offensively, but Bozak also makes it a little bit easier for him. Okay, so let's talk about another line then. Jake, what's up with Austin Matthews? Pointless in his last six games. There's been a lot of talk about should he get a new winger? Should they just keep Nylander there? What do you think it is with Matthews? Or is there anything at all? Yeah, I mean, he obviously hasn't looked as effective as he's been. You know, I think it's a little bit of he's getting run down. You know, he played a lot of games last year. You know, he was hurt, but he had to play World Juniors, World Championships. Then he had to play in the World Cup. I mean, it takes takes a lot of uh, attack. It's a lot of body for him. And, I mean... I also think he he just solely uh, really badly needs a new new winger. I mean, it, it's border it's borderline insulting that he has to play with a player like Zach Hyman. I mean, he's a great guy and he's someone that you want on your team because you know tireless effort and all that blah blah blah. But in, in the <laughs> end, he, in the end, he's just not good enough. I mean, the guy has four even or I think it was four or six even strength goals this entire season playing a on a line with arguably a top five center in the entire league. How does that happen? Mm. No, I told, and I agree. Like, uh, Hyman is a good third line guy. He's not a guy you put with your best player. So I think it's going to be tough. I mean, I would try to make a move, try to move someone, but like, even if you put a Komarov, a guy who can actually 
give you a bit more offensively, I think would work better. But I the, think Josh Levo. The the issue, I mean, the uh, if he's okay with if Backhawk's okay with the uh, putting him on his opposite side, which I mean for Who wingers cares? it's not Who a huge ca- deal. It doesn't. It's so stupid this narrative that he plays with Zach Kaiman. Yeah, great penalty killer. He's awful. He can't shoot. He's got no hands. No, he doesn't. He, he should have 30 goals if he has even decent hands. I mean, it's a joke how many chances the guy's the guy misses. Uh, and okay. if you look at his goals, they're all borderline hideous. What about his assists? I mean, he does have even strength assists, 12 of them on Matthew's 16 goals. Yeah, because it's pretty easy to just pass to the guy and then he snipes it, or he just runs. He just skates it from one into the other and makes the uh, defenders look silly. Yeah. So, no, but okay, I'm, I'm reaching for stuff. I mean, you're you're yeah, you're trying to justify having him stick around with uh, with Matthews. I don't see it, and I agree with Jake. But Babcock is not big on changing chemistry unless it's absolutely necessary. Like there has not been a major shakeup on any lines, so the only time we ever see a shakeup is when Marner and Matthews play together, and that's like that's when they're or, desperate. That's or when they're like borderline desperate. to the fourth line because he doesn't like that he doesn't back check or whatever the hell it is. I don't even know what it is. But we've seen Babcock do this since his days in Detroit, where guys like Franz and Philpula, Nyquist, even Tatar, he'll bury them on the fourth line for a game or two just to quote unquote send a message. Yeah, but when it when it comes down to it, does he play his number one centerman with terrible players? No, I mean, plays Zetterberg with guys like you know uh, Johan Franzen and Pavel Datsuk. I mean, you, well, he loves those grinder guys, man. He had Abdelkader up there for a long time. Yeah, but Abdelkader is what I think the ceiling is for Zach Hyman. He's a way better player in terms of Zach Hyman. The guy cannot shoot. I feel like whenever he shoots the puck, he just throws it at the goalie. He tries <laughs> to shoot it into his chest like there's a hole in his chest and it will go through it. He reminds okay, me so who my... do you put up there, guys? Wow. I want I want Josh Levo to play with him. Uh, I want him to play with Josh Levo and William Nylander. I wouldn't even be opposed. Where do you put him? Wow. Put him on the third or fourth line where he belongs. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Let me cut I, you off. Go no, ahead. No, no. I would, I would actually switch... If you want a guy that's going to give you a little more grind and defense, switch him with Komarov. Why not? But but even Komarov can't really. He's not really good on the chances. I mean, well, he can he the, can bury more the, than Hyman. Can we not agree on that? That's not hard, Dave. I can. <laughs> well, I mean, if it I was going to say that's not saying much, but... at, if it does go off his face, his ass, or his foot, it's not. It's never going in. Look at his shorthanded goals. They're basically on the ground and they're deflected off of him. <laughs> well, then maybe a guy you like find me, find me one nice goal of Zach Hyman oh, in man. professional hockey. I'll be stunned. Oh, I mean, okay, I... here, but Babcock has also said too that they want that line to funnel the puck to Matthews. Hence, why we've seen Brown or Nylander paired up with him and yeah, leave his buddy in. Hyman. Who else could you put there that would feed the puck to Matthews? What's wrong with Nylander? I mean, he's a possession player that always has the puck. I love I mean, Nylander next to him, but who else would you put to replace Hyman is the question. I would I would switch Josh Brown. Lebo. I would switch Brown on the other side. Yeah, or Brown. I mean, either or. They're still just infinitely better offensive players. You know, Nylander and Brown actually played together really well with the Marlies. Um, 
I guess, again, I don't know what it is with the opposite sides and why they don't try that. I think Brown would be a, would play actually pretty well on the left wing. You just have to try it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the big deal is about the Hannonis either. Well, playing on your offside. It just means more for defense. That at all or no? I think it means more for defensemen, but I don't see if... Ovechkin played left wing, and he was pretty good as a left winger. I've seen Lupo play as a left winger. I don't. I know it's not the best. Uh... You guys <laughs> see him uh, play I know. with Richard Branson? Oh, it's no, uh, and you, I, I swear. Did you see him on Instagram live? Oh. <laughs> I was crying. I oh, so, I, so injured. It's like, you guys are so such dicks. How pissed do you think Shanahan and Lambrillo are for him putting that up? I didn't even really Probably see I haven't seen it. Either. I gotta oh, watch this. Just playing tennis, Dave, with uh, Richard Branson on some island. Oh, oh man, that's. And I swear, Lupo didn't pay me to say that on the podcast. I'm just going out there. <laughs> Think about it, like if you're Lupo, like the Leafs are paying you five and a quarter just to not show up and go away and stay quiet, and he can't even do that. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you tell me, I can't use Instagram. I'm, I'm ditching Instagram. Whatever. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm collecting five and a half, five and a quarter mil. Five sheets. Yeah, that's true. No, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, they, I think left wing is the le- if you're looking at the four group, left wing is a bit of a eh, eh area for them. They don't really have much other than uh, JVR, and then it kind of dips a bit after that. Well, what about the idea of putting a guy like Kasperi Kapanen with Matthews? I know this is a long-term thing in a future oh, outlook, yeah. but maybe next season? That's somebody who we could see on the wing? Him. It's a lock. It's a lock. If it's not if it's not with Matthews, it's with Nylander. Like, I, I could see that happening. Uh, he is so good. Yeah. And it, really good. it's borderline a shock that he's not in the NHL right now. I'm also wondering, Kirby Reichel has played a lot better with the Marlies. I'm wondering if – I don't think he's going to play with Matthews, but he well, – I thought he might get a look over Sosh for a few games. You, you'd you hope. I mean, yeah, Soshnikov is really uh, – I don't know. He he had a really good start, and I don't know. He, I guess him being on the fourth line, it just makes it hard for him to get a good rotation. But I would I – would, Do you guys find he's became a bit reckless? He's kind of just like a crazy yeah. horse out there right now. Who? Sashikov. He's trying to do too much. That's yeah, I know. I mean, he, he's a guy that can, that can play up at your lineup. I think, you know, he's got a really good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally like him better than Zach Kyman, but I like pretty much every winger on this team outside of him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it kind of sucks for him that he's playing with, you know, guys who are clearly offensively beneath him. But I, I just like the fact that he's on the lot, still in the lineup and – because he's always working. He's he's laying his body out there every every game. And I don't know how he ha- hasn't scored more goals with his shot. Because that thing is absolutely... He's got a hell of a wrist shot. Yeah. We also need guys to get him the puck, too. Yeah, exactly. That would help. What do you guys make about Nikita Zaitsev? I know that a lot has been said recently since his minus four game the other night. Um, it was minus five for a while. Oh. A lot of talks came up now about the Leafs are giving him too much to do, too much to handle for a rookie, especially coming from the KHL. Do you guys agree with that? Is this team asking him to do too much or no? Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, the amount of pressure that they're putting on him, basically, I think he's playing, might be playing the most minutes on the team, have the most total ice time on the team. 
I mean, he's well, yeah, playing, he has with Riley's injury. Yeah, he's playing an absurd amount. He's being basically asked to walk into a top line role with a playoff team, and that's just not fair. I mean, he's he's done very well, but you know the the season's a grind on him too. He's played a lot of hockey too. Well, this is the most he's played. I mean, I, I have it up here. I mean, he's played. Uh, they played what? This is game sixty nine for them, or or seventy. The most he's ever played in his career was fifty seven, and that's yeah, at the KHL. The KHL. And the NHL. That's he admitted too after yeah. last game. He said it's it's a lot of games. Let's also not forget he played in the World Cup with Russia. I think he's their top on their top pairing. Um, him and Riley have played a lot of hockey. A lot of hockey, and they've played against the top team. The team, sorry, let me rephrase that. They played against the best players on the opposite team on their opponent's team, the most. Like people, I, I remember uh, this got me really in a terrible mood when I saw it. When Sportsnet stats tweeted out that Jake Garner was a plus twenty-five this season, and Riley was a minus twenty-five. Well, so like I, oh, I the hate competition. I, I hate those stats. And, like, if you play Jake Gardner in Morgan Riley's position, if you flip them, the stats would be oh, flipped. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I, I w- I'm just saying, if you really want to see what would happen. No, no, we don't need to see that. <laughs> yeah, we, actually, wait a minute. We've seen. Sorry. Up there too we, at it. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. We can maybe bring back. Um, Oh, who can we bring back? We can put uh, Hunwick up there, too, and see how that works out. Well, um, one final point with the D. What do you do when Connor Kerr comes back? Because we've kind of seen this musical chairs between Marinson and Marchenko. <laughs> you just you just play Carrick? The job's yeah. yours? Oh, my God, yeah. Because <laughs> Babcock literally only runs 5D in the third period. Yeah! That's that doesn't terrible. shit. No, oh, it's... Oh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they miss him. I... I, for one, never thought he had that big of an impact, but while watching these two scrubs, Marinson and, and Marchenko play, geez, he looks like Duncan Keith compared to those two. <laughs> okay, obviously a lot of talk right now with the playoffs looming is, uh, you know, this team needs to make the postseason or this season isn't what it's supposed to be. Um, do you guys find that fans have kind of lost perspective of what this year actually is? I mean, it's only year two of the rebuild. We've kind of got lucky and had this accelerated rebuild now with Matthews and the playoffs right on the doorstep. Do you find the fans have lost perspective? Oh, for sure. I mean, this season was supposed to be a a patient approach, and it's been to- the total opposite. I mean, when you're when you're making a big deal about a team losing in a playoff, well, that you never expect would be in a playoff stretch, your your expectation has definitely changed, and I think. You, they need to remember that. The, I think how many rookies, how many records have they are almost broken in terms of rookie scoring, uh, points by rookies uh, for a franchise. I mean, this team is. It's it's tough to lose perspective when when the team has played so well and you're you're forgetting how much experience these guys, well, lack of experience these guys have, what they're what they're lacking and how they're able to kind of work through that and you you have to you kind of have to remember where they started from and what the goal for the season was because it definitely was not this they were kind of just going to see what was going to happen and go along with it but I don't think they were going to expect it to be like this and 
Um, that's why, like, with the trade deadline and people were saying we should add th- they should add this guy, they should try to go after this guy or trade this guy. You, you, your hands get tied because other teams also see where the Leafs' position is and they're gunning for them. Like, you know, Tampa sees that they're in an, they have a little more experience, so they're going to try to make a big run for it. Boston sees it too, and they're they they made moves at the deadline, and Ottawa and Montreal. Like these guys see that the Leafs are up and coming, and they don't want to lose the opportunity. And Leafs fans need to kind of understand that this is a long term thing. It's not this season or next season. Even though some people on Twitter, I'm not going to name any person in particular who predicted the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup next season, but. Uh, <laughs> um, who, who? Oh, we we know who he is, Jake. You know who he is, and uh, <laughs> like, it's not. This is the whole point of what Shanahan is trying to do. It's not a one two year thing. It's a five six. It's just what Chicago's doing. It's what LA's doing. It's what Pittsburgh's doing. This is a thing that's supposed to last, hopefully, a decade. And you, you, they need to remember that this has been a great great year for this team and the experience of these young players. This is a great experience. I I know people would prefer if the Leafs were comfortably in a playoff position and the, you know, the young players can kind of relax, not relax, totally relax, but not play under so much pressure. You want to play under this pressure because the playoffs are not much easier. This doesn't get easier for them and actually it probably would be a good, well, it wouldn't be a good thing to see the Leafs play against Washington in the first round, but if you played against a team like that in the first round, just to see what it takes and what they have to do, the experience alone would benefit this team. And I think fans need to keep that part in perspective than trying to think too short, short-sighted right now. Jacob, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I love that people are getting caught up in this playoff race, but you know, this was just this was never supposed to happen this was i didn't predict this was going to happen i know some people on tsn did but um you know i i personally thought that they were going to be just as bad i didn't think that the rookies would come in and be this dominant and i i mean it's obviously it's a great learning process for the, these guys to go out and and play in a a playoff drive where they're every game going down the stretch is important i mean I think it's been like that for at least the past 15 games. And, you know, it's it's nice that they had some adversity with, the, obviously, the, the fishing trip stuff and, and stuff like that. Because, you know, everything they've done up until now has pretty much been, you know, roses. And everybody's just saying, oh, yeah, you know, they're great and all this stuff. And, you know, it's it's nice to it's nice to finally get, you know, the passion going back in the fan base and and it would obviously be big for the fan base to get in the playoffs, but I think it would be even bigger for the players and especially the older Leafs that haven't had much success here mm-hmm. because those are guys that are, you know, have been getting dragged through the mud for the past five years. Guys like Bozak and Gardner and Kadri and, you know, you can't just continue to lose. You know, these guys have to come out and, and actually be a part of a winning culture. You know, the big thing that their legacy is built on is, is losing 4-1 to boston so i'm so you glad know, you brought that up it, it's kind of a redemption thing for them and it, it's nice to see that guys like Kadri and gardner are playing you know pretty big roles for that but you know you need more of them to step up down the stretch because you can't put it all on these young players okay you bring up the 4-1 with boston 
a lot of things I hear from fans is that if this team, you know, it's such a Leafs thing to choke down the stretch and miss the playoffs. That's what people are kind of, I don't want to say expecting, but as a lot of Leaf fans have learned over the years, winning, it doesn't happen. And now that it is happening, I feel like they don't know what to do with it. With all that being said, there's obviously a psychological impact that has came with all this losing. Do you think these players give a shit at all about that? Or are they just kind of like, you know, yeah, they lost a lot in the past, but we weren't involved or around for any of that. So is there any psychological impact for these guys or no? For the younger guys? Yeah, is there like a hurdle for them to come over? Like, I know people like to refer to the Boston no, for one loss. No, these guys were kids. It, it's all, no, it's all, I mean, it's all on the the, guy, the veterans that have been there. You know, Komarovs and stuff like that. I mean, these mm-hmm. younger guys, people say, you know, they need to learn how to win. Like, I mean, what do you mean? Like, they've won everything. You know, Mitch Marner won the OHL, won the Memorial Cup, was the MVP of the regular season and postseason. Um, I mean, uh, Austin Matthews has, has played in world championships, uh, world junior championships twice. I mean, he's got medals. You know, these other guys they haven't won much. The only one that's won anything is has been Morgan Riley, and it was gold last last summer with uh, Canada. So, you know, they're not the ones. The younger guys are the ones that have all this pedigree. And, you know, that's, I guess it's because it's not in the NHL. They don't consider it, you know, winning pedigree, which just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree, Jake. That's a great point. Uh, like, I, I look at guys like Kadri. I look at guys like you, like you point out, Komarov. I look at guys like Bozak, JVR. Those are the guys that are still part of that, that unfortunate day that they lost that game against Boston. And they're the ones that... I think have uh, I wouldn't say cracked under the pressure, but you could tell the pressure is getting to them a bit, and they're not. I'm like they're not at the skill level of the Matthews, the Marners, the Nylanders that can let their talent take them to that next level. They need to kind of find another gear and find another way to get it done. I mean, JVR with his when he had that goal drought. Uh, I mean, Bozak hasn't. He he didn't drop off. I mean, he had that hand injury, and he he's been doing pretty good. He's kind of picked picked his game up. But I think it's Kadri and Komarov; those are the two that they're relied upon more on those matchups defensively. And you saw what happened to them in Florida. That type of stuff cannot happen to them, especially when this is a crucial stretch. And they're the guys that Babcock's are po- Babcock is pointing to as the leader guys, the leadership guys that are gonna bring these young kids forward. They, they are the ones that have to push the young kids. The young kids shouldn't be pushing the older guys. You always see it in other you know, in other leagues, in the NBA and the NFL, the, and even the MLB. It's the young guys that are getting pushed by the older players to take their games to the next level. It should not be the other way around. So it's those guys that are going to have to pick up their games. And tonight was a good step. I mean, they kind of learned to not always get the pretty goals and kind of work off the rebounds and get get goals different ways and that's that's what's going to have to happen if they want to be successful and make it to the postseason so next the next two games are going to probably be one of the more important games of the season especially monday against boston that's for sure i wholeheartedly agree with all that i just get sick and tired of hearing fans media and even like random people like you know you go to puck talks and you know, people are going on about how the, the Leafs, they hey, they just find ways to lose. They find ways to choke. And I just hate how we've kind of became conditioned to it. And it's just annoying hearing about it all the time. Because I don't think, I'm with you guys. I don't think these guys really care about that. They've won at their every level when they're younger. And they just, 
they don't they don't feel the same way that the veterans do. It's a totally different Leafs team. Totally different. Marner um, Marner said that though. Remember he said, I don't look at the standings and they actually believe him because he's won it before. He knows what it takes. And you'd think like a guy like him you would you would agree that maybe he just doesn't care about the standings and he knows that's the right way, the right approach. So yeah, the young guys clearly have a have a way to deal with this stuff because they've dealt with it before. Well, I think this team knows what people are saying about them too. Like, look at oh. this whole fishing incident. They win in Tampa tonight, and they win convincingly. And they're chucking shots at the media about how, like, yeah, you know, fishing trip this, cracking jokes about that. You know, we won't do this next time on a road trip. But they know what's going on. I think they're very aware of all of it, and they kind of don't really care because they know they have house money. They know they're way ahead of schedule, and they're just having the time of their lives. I mean, they're. They're 19, 20, or early 20-year-old kids, and they're just ripping up the town right now. Like, What else could be better than that, right, to, to revive the Leafs? Like, mm-hmm. Everything's good for these guys. That's why I'm just kind of like, there's, there's no way they could be down about this. Sure, they want to win. Sure, there's a lot of pressure, but at the end of the day, it's house money for them. Saturday and then Monday, two massive games. Chicago comes in red hot. Boston, obviously, aside from tonight, where I don't know, I think they're playing shinny against Edmonton. Um, <laughs> They've been red hot, too. How do you think the Leafs fare the next two games, guys? Give me your predictions before we get out of here. I, I'd be pretty happy with the split. Oh, I... I uh, Boston is the one they have to win. Um, yeah, like that's, for sure. If they, I, would, I would take, and as much as it pains me to say this, I would take like an overtime or shootout loss to, to Chicago. I mean, hopefully they don't blow a lead. Like, if they have a lead in <laughs> Chicago and they blow it, I'm, I'm going to blow a gasket. Um I would take getting smoked by the Blackhawks if they beat the Bruins in regulation. Yeah, uh, they have to beat the Bruins in regulation too. You cannot be giving away points anymore. I mean, they've given away way too many. Imagine if they, even if they've won, if they won half the games that they've lost in overtime the shootout, were they? How it would change right now? That's the story of the season. The division. They'd be leading the division. Yeah, that, that's the story of the whole season, though. Like when the season is over, if they miss the playoffs, or even if they make it, we're going to look back and say. You know what could this team have done if they didn't finish so many overtime or shootout losses? It's it's gonna be maddening. Yeah, it's. Ugh. I couldn't even think about what it's gonna look like if that happens. Well, on that note, guys, we'll wrap this up until next week. As always, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud at Tip of the Tower. You can follow me on Twitter at Crystal Kranitz. You can follow Dave on Twitter at D underscore Morissuti, and you can follow Jake on Twitter at Jake Middleton 12. Enjoy the games, guys, and uh, best of luck to your brackets. Sweden, William Nylander. The Knights, Mitch Barner. 